I want to welcome you back to see you in Sunday School. We have a great lesson today. I'm excited. I hope you can tell in my voice. I've been studying this lesson all week. It's a familiar story to us. We're talking about Joseph as we continue from last week because lesson one, the title was Bias Love. This week it is Obedient Love. New life, new God. You know, immigrants, when they come into a country, they have, they'll face a lot of difficulties. Um, there's cultural differences. is one of the biggest hurdles that they have to face. And actually, um, there's four things that social sciences says that immigrants need to overcome. And number one, they need to overcome the language barrier. They need to overcome the location. So they need to find a settle, uh, place to settle in. Number three, they need to overcome um, socioeconomic reasons. Uh, and then fourth thing, that if they actually marry uh, into that culture, it allow them, I want to use the word assimilate. And we're going to see that no different, you're going to see all four of those things here with Joseph. He felt tension when he goes into Egypt. Remember, because he's a slave, his brothers have actually sold him into slavery. So the context here, to kind of give you the background, he's actually sold uh, to Potiphar. Um, household and actually when he's there in part of the household the scripture says and actually Genesis the third and ninth chapter I like this because I use um, the version of the Bible more of a Jewish version because I want to see what name they use for God it says in verse 2 of the third and ninth chapter it says Adonai instead of saying God it used the term Adonai it said Adonai was with Joseph and he became wealthy while he was in the household of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw how Adonai was with him and that Adonai prospers everything that he did. Now, it's amazing. Now, one episode that happened there, everything was going great for him, except uh, Potiphar's wife. She actually accused Joseph of rape and he was thrown into prison. When he gets in prison, you know, God does not forsake him. Um, it is amazing that we see the same thing happen to him in prison. The scripture actually says that uh, the 21st verse in the 39th chapter says, But Adonai was with Joseph, showing him grace and giving him favor in the sight of the prison warden. So he's found favor with the warden there. There's two individuals that actually come from the uh, the king's palace. Um, one is the cupbearer and the chief uh, baker. They have a dream. And notice here it says Joseph, he interpreted the dream. It's interesting that each time he interprets the dreams, he also give God. And when he interprets the cupbearer's dream, because he predicted that within three days he was going to return back to the king's palace, he said, don't forget me. What's interesting is that if you look at that real closely, that the cupbearer actually do forget Joseph. He actually remains in prison two more years until pharaohs have a dream. All right, so here's that's where our lesson is. A disturbing dream by Pharaoh. So we have jumped two chapters, and we at chapter 4 to 1, we're jumping all the way down to verse 25. Okay, hold your horses, because here we are. We're getting ready to go into our lesson. So I've given you the background. So that first scripture, I want you to notice there, it says, Pharaoh, two dreams, 
both mean the same thing. So what Pharaoh does, he has two different dreams. One dream he talks about there are seven healthy horses. And then a second dream talks about uh, seven healthy grain, uh, corn stalks. And then there are seven weak, uh, strony cows. And at the same time, there are seven uh, strony, weak um, corn stalks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Having a hard time getting that word out. Uh, verses 28 to 32 said the meaning is what I said earlier. God is letting Pharaoh in on what he's going to do. So basically what it is, the seven represents seven years of fame, correction, of prosperous in the land where you're, you're going to have crops and then there's going to be seven years of famine. So seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Now, that last sentence says the fact that Pharaoh dreamed the same dream twice emphasized God's determination to do this and to do it soon. All right, so now we're going to jump to one more verse here that I want to show you. It says, now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out for a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. You know, I like this because Joseph is given Pharaoh advice. What is left out of the scripture is that after he interpreted the dream, he actually gave Pharaoh a plan. That plan is you need to find a wise person that will keep back one fifth of the crops. So when the famine hit, you will have food to give not only to your nation, but the nations around you. And verse 37, Pharaoh said, wait a minute now. You are the man. It says here, it says, can we find such a one as this man, a man in whom the spirit of God is? So what does Pharaoh does? He promotes him. He said, you have, you are that sweet and that wise person. Remember, we did a whole series on wisdom and Joseph is using that wisdom. He said, you're going to be in charge. And I like the scripture because it says he takes off his ring, signature and give it to Joseph, representing that you are second in command. You have access to everything. You sign things in my name. When you speak, it is like I am speaking. Okay, I want to focus on these next three verses here. Sons born. Notice it says Joseph were born two sons in the year of the famine. Now, Joseph is actually given a wife, Asenaya. She's an Egyptian. She's the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. On is actually a location. Potiphar is actually a priest of the god Ra. Asenaya actually is uh, named after goddess herself. Now, you see the ties there? Remember, that was one of the things that married that to assimilate into the culture. You marry into the culture. And this is what Joseph actually did. But notice now, in the next verse, when he actually had these two kids, he did not give them Egyptian names. If you go back and you look, actually, Pharaoh gave Joseph an Egyptian name. And he names his kids, his two boys, Hebrew names. Manasseh, which mean, forget all my toils. And Ephraim, which mean, God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. 
That is amazing. He still does not assimilate into the culture. So the question that I want you to think about, um, and, and this is something to really think about, is to whose preparation do you most relate? That of Moses, you remember, he was raised in the palace and he led the children in the wilderness. Or Joseph, who was actually prepared in the wilderness to lead in the palace. And when we think of the wilderness, he actually spent his time in jail, uh, majority of his time. We know he has spent at least more than um, uh, two years because the cupbearer forgot him for two years when he was in prison. He actually goes down at the age of 16, um, you might consider 17, and when he actually appeared before Pharaoh, he's is 30 years old. So we got a period of 13 to 14 years. So God whom Joseph served and honored is the God that we serve and honor today. And if you think about it, even though God might have seen far away during Joseph's 13 years of slavery, or you can say 14 years, God continued to give Joseph evidence that he was not forgotten. So I ask you this question, how does your life witness to the same truth? So the thought to remember is change is constant, but so is God's faithfulness. Let me repeat that again. Change is constant, but so is God's faithfulness. Now I've listed here um, the question for Sunday. See you in Sunday school. Also, I have the, um, the Zoom session located there, the number there. Uh, look at that question. We talked about that earlier. And I will see you on Sunday to discuss it. Hey, have a great day. See you in Sunday school.